This episode of Disruption Nation is sponsored by Vertical Integration Realty. Enjoy. Tell me how you define success. What, what does success mean to you in your life? Great question. Um, so <clears throat> for me personally, I'm not going to give you a cookie cutter answer. Um, I'm very passionate about real estate. So what success means for Candace Blue is how many lives can I impact in the real estate industry? How many agents can I successfully impact? How many buyers, how many sellers? I want to be a part of my clients' lives. I want to help them achieve their goals, and I want to be a part of their win. So everyone knows that there's life-changing circumstances that occur, and there's reasons why people need to buy or sell. I want to be a part of that process with them. That's success for me. That's pretty awesome. So it didn't have to do with money, did it? But the money comes. Yes. Because of that, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, so I'll ask the same thing as Susan. I think... To me, success is waking up and doing what you love every day. I love helping people, and um, I love having relationships with people. And the people that I work with, I look at them as they're going to be my lifelong friend. And um, I, I, I really, really um, stay focused on that relationship. And I love what I do. I love being with people, and I love being social. So um, every morning that I wake up, I love what I do. Um, I wouldn't do anything else. It's phenomenal. Yeah, go Keep ahead, James. Going, Keep on yeah. trucking. So, Let's yeah, go. so uh, I prefer to quote other people than talk myself. A guy named Magnus Walker, he said it best to me. Uh, I watched him on this talk, and he said, success is the freedom to do whatever you want. And it sounds so simple, but it's really, if you start thinking about it, it's like people say, well, if I make this much money, I'm successful, or I did this, or I buy this house, or whatever. It's like, no, it's actually freedom. Freedom is actually success. I had an agent even come to me one time, and she was asking, she's wanting to bump her production. But yet, she's making good money. And I asked her, I said, well, do you have money saved away? Do you have at least six months to cover your living expenses? She's like, yes. I go, are you happy with what you make? She's like, well, yes. And I go, well, what do you do? And she's like, I spend time with my kids. I sleep in. I go, I'm getting to see them grow up, and I have all this time with them, and I'd hate to give that up. I'm like, you're successful. Why would you give that up? So that's the thing. Success is not a dollar amount. It's not a tangible, hard point. It's a style. It's a freedom. I mean, that's it. I mean, success, you know, it's, it's not a set destination. It's a lifestyle. So, so success is subjective. Correct. Basically, Absolutely. I mean, everybody yeah. here can define their own success, yeah. right? We just heard three definitions of success, yeah. three separate definitions. Now, you can, you can hear patterns in that, right? You hear it's about service. You hear it's about giving to others. You hear it's about purpose and passion and building around what you love. And that's, that's fundamental through all three of those. The how is an expression of you, right? I think that's phenomenal. Um, and so would you guys say that um, one of the challenges of expressing what you want to express in order to create what defines success in your life is overcoming fear that you have? 
Can you speak on that? How do you overcome? How do you push through your fear in order to do the things you need to do to get the outcome you want? You start well, with James. Again, I guess I quote other people all the time. Henry Ford says, you know, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, either way you're right. Um, people will tell you, um, Zillow doesn't work. Door knocking doesn't work. Cold calling doesn't work. But it, Zillow works. Door knocking works. Cold calling works. Do you believe it works or do you not believe it works? And that's the main thing. It may not work for you, but it works for plenty of other people. And these are all proven models. Nothing is being reinvented here. Um, so the thing is, is what a lot of people say is, well, cold calling doesn't work or door knocking doesn't work. It's like, well, why? Well, I don't like doing it. I don't like when somebody knocks on my door. It's like, well, no shit. I know. But the thing is, is the reality is, is you don't like doing it. So therefore, it doesn't work it makes you feel uncomfortable. And an uncomfortable is a different way of saying growth. People will say it all day long. I love to grow. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow this year. I'm going to do this. Growth, growth, growth. You go, do you like being uncomfortable? Well, no, I don't like doing that. It's like, okay. It's like, well, do you like being fit? Yeah. Do you like going to gym? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I love my fried cheese. I mean, you know, it's, but, you know, the thing is, is there are certain things, do the results outweigh the uncomfortableness? And that's what you have to do. And you never get past a point, I truly believe, like, where, oh, yeah, I'm no longer uncomfortable doing that. I'm like, no, you actually get used to being uncomfortable, and that's the key to it, is getting used to being doing, or used to being uncomfortable. That's the main thing. It's like a state. It's not exactly pleasant, but at the same time, I love the results. So ah. that's pretty much it. So what about for you, Susan? What, uh, how do you push through your fears and, and get to the other I, side? I think I just, you know, get up every day, and I try to, you know, listen to a uh, some kind of devotional and always, you know, try to wake up in the best mood as possible and, and, um, and set my day and just go from there. You know, um, not every day is great, <laughs> of course. And, and just, um, you know, I, I always look at it this way. If everybody, you know, did what it took, then everybody would be successful. But there's only a few people that are going to do it. And I have decided that I'm going to. So Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I think for me, it's definitely anticipating the outcome. So um, I live with a wise man who always instills in me, you either win or you learn. That's the outcome. One or the two are going to happen. Thank you. You can hold on to that. <laughs> I feel like I need to whisper after that wisdom. <laughs> um, that's, that's huge. Uh, and so... you. You guys, I, I hear a pattern there too, um, that the it's a mind game. Mm -hmm. uh, what you do and what you produce is a mind game mm -hmm. with yourself. And you have one side that's going, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to do what I, this. Or, or you have a mindset that may you may wake up and go, oh, I need my devotional today. I need... <laughs> Give me something to be grateful for, God. <laughs> uh, or you may have had some losses yesterday. And so you wake up this morning and you're like, dang, man, yesterday kicked my butt. Uh, how do I get back up and get back in the ring and be ready? That's basically, and you have a husband that tells you, well, you win or you learn. So what'd you learn yesterday, right? And you shift it and it, it's like water off a duck's back. Um, but again, the same as the definition of success is different for everybody, and the how is an expression of you, so is how we push through our fears. The fears are all the same. The struggle's all the same, and it's all in here. 
how we push through it is a matter of our own life and our own day-to-day grind, right? So thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, you guys are being vulnerable. I appreciate that. Um, I, speaking of a grind, this market, this market has been like nuts. <laughs> I've, ne- I've been in the business 25 years, never seen a market like this. Um, I know people who've been in the market longer than I've been alive, never seen a market like this. And, uh, and what I have to say is everybody is trying to navigate. We're all, it's like life. We're all learning as we go mm-hmm. kind of thing. So what are you doing to navigate this market and push through and keep momentum going with very little inventory, lots of offers, and, and really trying to sift through all of that stuff? What are you doing to keep the momentum in this market? So I'm actually building relationships and strengthening my relationships. Um, I think it's very important to be genuine. The Houston Luxury Living Team, we talk about this all the time. Be genuine, be authentic, and take the time to nurture relationships. We're in the middle of a pandemic um, with a virus that we didn't anticipate, but now it's time to stop and smell the roses and nurture your relationships with your sphere, with your builders, with your developers, it's time to really get back out there and just be very intentional and remain consistent. Hmm. We're going to talk about that for sure. I, I am totally with you on nurturing your relationships. Um, I, that's, that's what I do. Um, that's my main business is my relationships with my previous clients. And, uh, you know, they're, they're people that they refer to me. I have, you know, have a lot of uh, social things that I plan, and I'm intentional about it. Um, I do a quarterly thing on my patio every three months, and you know, invite different um, different clients uh, that I've done business with in the past. And you know, I, I really focus on the ones that I know are going to refer and have referred to me. So, um, nurture. Yeah, I, I just agree totally. Nurturing those so, relationships and, and staying in, in, in front of them, um, in, in front of their minds. So. so this thing on your patio, yeah. what? How do we get to We're all curious. What is it? What do you do? Well, okay, okay. So I had a client that moved down here from Philly, and he worked in corporate America, and he decided during the pandemic that he is going to do his own business, and he's going to teach cooking classes. And I'm like, that's awesome. So let me help you with your business, and you're going to help me with mine. And so I started inviting groups of like 14 people to come over to my patio. I have a big backyard, so that's that's beneficial. <laughs> but um, he comes, and it's very interactive. Um, so we're talking a lot. We're drinking wine. We're eating food together. We're creating food together. And um, it's just a really good experience. It's a like five course meal. Um, it's not cheap, but it you know if you think about it this way, I spend you know a certain amount of money, but it, one deal will pay for it. So and these and, are your advocates. Basically. Oh, they're they're the people that always refer to me and um, repeat business. I've had several people that have um, bought and sold with me at least you know five times things like that. So um, there are people that I know are going to use me in the future and refer. They, 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 they have my number. So That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so would you say you spend less than $500 per person? Yes. And would you say that each commission is way more than $500 per person? Yes. Very beneficial. 
good return on investment. And it's a great time. I enjoy it myself. I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's something that I enjoy doing. Well, that would stink if you served wine to everybody and you didn't like <laughs> wine. <laughs> There's always vodka. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She's like, y'all have wine. I'm having Tito's, okay? <laughs> I love it. Look, she's laughing really hard. That must have actually happened. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Uh, thank you for sharing. Uh -huh. James, what about you? What are you doing? Uh, well, I mean, um, I mean, parts of it obviously is like nurturing your sphere and stuff like that. The, uh, the big thing is, you know, we talk about this, but actually how do you do it? And one thing that I found is like when you go out and you ask for business, when you're hitting up your sphere, you're like, hey, do you know anybody looking to buy or sell? That's another term for that is called commission breath. Best way to repel people. Hey, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Instead of going after them as a give me type thing, come with them offering something or just basically showing that you care about somebody instead. I go, you'd be surprised what it does when you have a miss, uh, like a message that instead is more about caring, more about checking in. Like um, I do, um, and this is a good one, it's, there's this app called Hit em Up. It will go through, you can create a complete list of uh, people that you want to send a text to. And so I have a 300 person text group and I make dumb videos because I look stupid on video. I mean, we all look stupid and you know, everybody, I don't know of anybody that likes looking themselves or hearing their own voice. We're like, Jesus, is that what I'm like? So um, I make these videos like, I mean, I, I get up I like- I good a, on video. Exactly, well, other than you, I mean, you look great. Um, so the, uh, no, but the thing is like, uh, like for the freeze, I actually went out, I, uh, I showed how to actually isolate your backflow preventer. Uh, I showed it wrapping it. And I sent out, I said, hey guys, we've got the big freeze coming, make sure you go out here and do this. And I showed like basically an instructional video off of it. Um, I went up in my attic and said, hey, pour bleach down your line so that way you don't get the algae buildup, so that way you don't have the, the, you know, basically the backup line, you know, the lines don't back up, you don't get water in your house and you have damage to your ceiling. Showing basic simple things like that. I go, I don't ever ask them to buy or sell a house. But guess what, they come to you. They go, hey, you should call this guy, he's awesome. He actually showed me how to actually isolate my backflow preventer. I had people actually trying to get up, get me to do plumbing work and I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm not a plumber. Um, but, but you know, but the thing is, is when you're doing stuff like that, it's like create some type of a message. I mean, going out there, it's showing a care. It's like, even like I'm an old oil and gas guy, I'm a subsea controls engineer by trade. And I put out this message on LinkedIn that just said, look, there was a massive downturn back in December, and I just put this message out. I said, look, if anybody needs to talk, give me a call. I'm happy to talk to you. I go, there is going to be a tomorrow to this. Uh, trust me, it's dark right now, but things will get better. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and you will get through this. That crap resonates when you say stuff like that. And I don't mean a crap. I'm just saying you actually change your message versus asking that. I mean, I had 20,000 people review that post. I got multiple deals off of it. Hey, James. That's not what I asked we for. We just established you're not a plumber, so let's not talk about crap. Okay? I know. Yes, I know. Well, <laughs> well, I did do, you know, hydraulic tubing, but yes, that's plumbing. <laughs> so, but anyway, but yeah. So it's, so it's called, so how many of you wrote down the name of the app? Hit them up. How many of you missed it? It's called Hit them up. Hit them up. Now. This isn't one of those things where you like get a whole bunch of people responding back and everybody can see it. No, they cannot. The ah. beauty of hit them up is it takes like I can go through I can go through a 300 person list. It sends an individual text. It'll put the field in there so it puts their name. So make it generic enough to where it feels you know you can use on everybody, but it's it feels real enough. And I might even on somebody specific rechange or rejigger just a little bit of something. But it puts a field in there so it puts their name. It says you know it would say hey Chris. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Candace. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Susan. Blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's really not an insight thing. 
No, it's not all the time. Yeah, well, sometimes. Yeah, the late one, late night ones are. But no, no. So no, but the uh, but the thing is, is is the uh, the the thing is, is this text. I send it out and I put the YouTube link so you can watch the video on YouTube, and then I can see how many people watch the video. And you know, typically I send out 300 people, and I get about I would say 80 views. Wow, just that's off good. Of that. And then people, and then for about three hours after that, you're just doing nothing but answering texts from your people. Three hours. It's like, but it takes me to send it. It, it, it sends each one. It takes about four minutes to go through a list of 300. That's awesome. That's a, and send, that, so everybody hit them up. You can do that without an assistant. Hey, how about that? Um, so basically, these are the things. I, I hear consistency again. What are they doing to stay consistent through the market, to keep momentum through the market? They're being real. They're being authentic. They're nurturing the relationships they have. They already have, right? Wow. So um, let's shift focus a little bit, and let me ask you, how many of you want to hear about lead generation? Raise your hand. How many of you don't really care about generating leads? <laughs> okay, I know everybody will raise their hand on lead gen. So talking about lead generation, because I think this is a good segue into that, um, what are your top three sources of leads? Let's say, and if you don't have three, maybe you only have one, which we'll talk about diversification later. But um, if you, it, what are your top three lead sources? And then I'm going to come back with a follow-up question and say, what's your number one? And give us one tidbit on how you implement that on a consistent basis. You want to start, James? Yeah, I can. I mean, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I mean, we, uh, we advertise heavily on Zillow. It works. People will tell you it doesn't. It does work. The key to any of these lead sources is process. You have to refine the process. If you don't refine the process, you're, you're, the way that you're trying to generate is not going to work. And so we have a set process. They have a set script. And we land a lot of deals off of it. Zillow is the big one that we, we use. Second, I would say, is your sphere of influence. You really need to be following up on people that you did, past clients, people that love you, that kind of stuff. And then the third thing that I actually use is LinkedIn. A lot of people overlook LinkedIn, but guess what? I mean, uh, do you, you like do, troll people on LinkedIn? Huh? Do you like troll people on LinkedIn? No, no, you just post on it, and they actually come to you. Oh. So, but the thing so is, you do is like I a go, call to action or something? No, just, just post. They'll send, they'll send you messages. Wow. And uh, sometimes they call you. The other thing is, is what people do is like they go after like Facebook and Instagram stuff like that. Guess what? My kids can have Facebook and Instagram. Are they on LinkedIn? No. You know who has on LinkedIn? People that can buy houses. That's who's on LinkedIn. Good point. Yes. People LinkedIn. That write that have one down. Professional jobs. It's spelled L I N K. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Yeah. That's so huge. Anyway, yeah. So you've given us two apps that well, you're yes. doing stuff with. Okay, that's great. Susan, what are you doing for your top three? Um, well, I, I do farm a neighborhood. Um, so I send out postcards, but that's not all I do. I stay in, in front of the people's faces, too, by um, you know, having a neighborhood party. Um, I have a carnival that has a train going through the neighborhood. And... Um, we have a, a DJ and then a blow-up movie theater, and it's the last day of school every year, so everybody know, comes to my cul-de-sac, and we sit out in the you know, lawn chairs. And so I, I, I'm not just sending out postcards uh, you know, every month. I am also doing things in the neighborhood, too. So, um, And my sphere, definitely. My sphere is the biggest um, so your, your neighborhood is your geographic farm. Mm -hmm. So you do an event for your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I think I see a theme here with you and events. 
Yeah. Is vodka included? I, I like I like events. Well, on the on the neighborhood party, it's B B Y O B. Ah, that's good. But, but it's it's um, something that everybody looks forward to because I've been doing it consistently, consistently. Yes. Um, for years, and people look forward to it every year. They're um, like, oh, we can't wait to come to your party. You so know? how many years have you been doing that? Do you know? I mean, roughly about seven. About seven years, um, and. What got you to the point of saying, you know, I want to throw a party for my neighborhood? I mean, last day of school kind of thing. Actually, it was my old neighbors. I, li I, I live across the street from my old neighborhood, but I include that neighborhood because we just moved directly across Westheimer. Yeah. You know? And so I include that my old neighborhood and my new na neighborhood in this party now. But my old neighbors are like, oh, we want to get together and throw a, a end-of-the-year party. Are you interested in, you know, getting involved in that I said yes twist my arm yeah right you know? hello I mean, party I'll, me I'll be, okay I'll be the sponsor and you know uh yeah I'll put out the flyers and of course they have my name on them and my number and all that but um yeah that's how I started it that's phenomenal so you treated you treated your neighborhood kind of like a chamber of commerce like a networking group where literally hey I'm going to be the sponsor I'll be on the flyers oh I'll create the flyers and I'll pass out the flyers, mm -hmm. and everybody come to the event. So then it, it's like you're the host, yeah, like that. Yeah, and if you have kids, you can, you know, you they, they can do work for you, and that's right off. So yeah, my 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 boys put out the flyers for me, <laughs> and they got paid. They like that. There's a reason I have five kids too. I'm write write that down. I'm just kidding. That's awesome. Congrats. Um, uh, okay, so Candace, same question for you top three lead sources and uh, why and that. So um, your sphere of in, my sphere of influence, client referrals and farming. Um, so definitely being very intentional and staying uh, top of mind in uh, one community in particular. Um, so again, the mailers being a part of the events and planning and things of that nature. Um, and then referrals. I mean, referrals are probably uh, my number one lead generation tool that I have. Well, that's huge. Mm -hmm. So I heard something across all of you guys, and that is I nurture the relationships I already have. I've heard that over and over again today. Mm -hmm. um, how do you guys intentionally grow your sphere from, say, 50 to 100 or 100 to 150? And, and if you don't, um, that's okay. You can just say, no, I don't intentionally grow it. It just comes to me. But how do you intentionally grow your sphere of influence? Um, so I'm a part of um, a few too many organizations. <laughs> um, I have a really bad habit of overcommitting and spreading myself thin. And yes, I'm saying this publicly in front of all my Facebook friends. Um, we love you, Candace. I know, right? Um, so I do sit on two HAR committees. Um, and then I am very, very much a part of my children's organizations as well. Um, so we do a lot of philanthropy work um, inside of our neighborhood. Mm. I am a resident of Siena. I live in Missouri City, and we're very, very active um, in our community there as well. So I think if you want to grow your sphere, you definitely want to get out and you want to get involved, and you don't want to be afraid to meet new people and make new friends. That's huge. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. My answer is similar to yours because I'm – very active in my church. I'm very active in my running groups. I, um, 
I used to run full marathons. Now I'm running halves. <laughs> but um, I used to be a coach for uh, Katie Fit. It's a, a, a training group for running. And um, I sponsor one of the uh, um, races that they do, um, uh, Katie Running Club. And, um, and I also, you know, I started off my business, I was a stay-at-home mom. So I had a lot of people that I knew in Katy anyway because I lived there for so long. But I was, you know, I volunteered at school a lot and things like that. So I'm really involved in a lot of things too, like my church and, you know, schools and um, just, the, you know. So deliberately stuff. being involved in, yeah. in activities in your life yeah. where there's people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And James, same? Okay. Um, yeah, I guess uh, when I talked about LinkedIn, I mean, I probably should do some clarification on how you do it. Um, the key to it is, you know, the, the mistake that a lot, of, a lot of people make is you go, oh, LinkedIn. Oh, I know, I know that realtor. Oh, I know that title company. Oh, I know, you know, this inspector. Well, guess what? They know a thousand other realtors, too. How are you going to get business from that? You do not connect to other realtors. You not, I mean, and I'm sorry, I love our vendors, but it's not about connecting to them. It's about connecting to people outside of the real estate industry. The key to it is who you want to go after is a financial planner. Go after financial planners. Let's look for Houston fi planners, financial planners in Houston. You know who they got? Everybody. You know why? Because they're trying to help you. Let me plan your retirement. Uh, they're doing that stuff, so they're trying to sell that stuff. So connect to them. You can see all their connections, and once you're connected to them, you just sit there on your iPhone and take take a take about five minutes every week and just go click 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 all the way down their list, going connect connect connect. You keep doing this after a few months, you will have thousands of contacts. But make sure you're clicking only on the people that are Houston, and you can filter it as Houston, so that way you got it. So the key to us, I don't care who comes to the concert, I just want them to be at the concert. That's the main thing. You know, they, and if they like the singing, great, they'll eventually come and buy my CD. Well, there's no such thing as that anymore, but you know what I mean. Um, so the, that's the main thing, is you have to create an audience, and you have to create an audience of thousands of people. So if one of y'all send me a connection, I love you, but I'm not gonna connect to you. Um, the, the reality is, is I only connect to people outside of the real estate business, because it does me no good to connect to any of y'all, because I'm not going to get business. And if you're gonna give it, okay, I will connect to you, so just let me know who you are. Um, but, so that's, that's the one part on LinkedIn. As far as like your sphere and stuff like that, um, I was talking to Susan about this. Uh, soldiers versus fans. And that's another thing. It's like you're talking about that. She's actually creating soldiers when you listen to that. And that's the main thing. Fans are great, but soldiers are way better. I'd take a soldier over a thousand fans. So the thing is, is people. So can you unpack that for us real quick? Yes. So I'd take a soldier over a thousand fans. Yeah. Um, I've got thousands of people on, on, on Facebook loving everything I post. But I would rather have my mom going out there and knocking on and going, oh, you're going to sell your house? You need to talk to James. Like, oh, I could give him a call. No, no, no. We're calling him right now. And she pulls the phone out and makes him call him. That's what you want. You want 50 of your moms running out there. If you could clone your mom over and over going and do that, that's a soldier. And how do you do that? It's going back to doing events like what Susan's talking about. Something that I kind of did is um, I, during the pandemic, uh, I actually took some of my clients. We had bad movie night. I just take a couple of them. You buy uh, food, drinks, and we saw the Lost Boys on a Wednesday night and go out there during, during COVID and they had the time of their life. I've got so much business off of that. Um, I uh, hosted a, uh, they, they invited me, this another one's invited me to a pool party. I brought tequila, I brought the Grand Marnier and some, uh, some mix and I just basically made margaritas for two hours. Never handed out a card, never even talked about being a realtor. I do remember Fred sitting in the pool, who's the husband. Uh, so one of his friends goes, who is that guy? And he's half hammered. He goes, that's my realtor, except he used more words besides that. Um, so, 
But it's stuff like that that actually makes a difference. Is I mean, those people, whenever they know somebody wants to sell, guess what? They're not just saying, oh, here's his contact. No, they're saying, hey, James, this is so-and-so. They need to sell their house. Hey, James, they need to do this. It's like you have to get those people that are truly going to bat for you. It's not the people that go, oh, he's nice. I mean, so so this comes back to y'all all agree with that yeah. do for them first and then they'll become an advocate for you after yeah. invoking the law of reciprocity yeah. basically you got to be the leader you got to be the person that's stepping out doing for them so that then they reciprocate back to you um, that's all that's all service mindset versus sales I had right? one other one in COVID killed because I haven't been doing this as long as, as everybody else up here I was going to do this in 2020 and it got completely derailed housewarming parties. Basically, you got a client that you truly love. Uh, you hit it off with them. You say, hey, I'm going to do a housewarming party for you. Get me 20 plus people that you want to invite to it. I will set everything up. I will do the evites. I will put it together. Guess what? They're giving you 20 people's phone numbers and emails. You are now following through. You're setting up the party. You show up. You, dr you drop a grand on something like that. I mean, budget a thousand. You'll probably spend less. You'll probably be like, but six to eight hundred. You throw a big party like that at their house. They go, oh, my God, this is amazing. You host it. You help, you know, basically do the hors d'oeuvres. You can help out with drinks, whatever it is. You help clean up after the party's done, and you leave, and then you send out the thank you cards. Thank you, James. Jesus. Just I mean, that's simple. I mean, it's right there. It's like, and you're catching it while the iron's hot because it's a housewarming party. Yep. They are going to completely love you from that. Why would you not do that? Uh, Absolutely. COVID, that's why you wouldn't do it. But it's, so, uh, so this well, we're getting back around, so hopefully we could do it now. Perfect. Thank you. So, Candace, um, this question is not just going to be for Candace, but I'm going to start with you, okay? Um, so, tell, tell us all about uh, some of the grind, some of the times where, there may be times where all of us in this room have, if not experiencing it now, have experienced wanting to give up or just like not wanting to get out and do what we know we need to do in order to make it happen, or maybe just be absolutely weary, exhausted, burnt out, spent. What do you do to make sure that you're not in that place all the time with the productivity that you have? I mean, you've got 30 agents at a brokerage, you've got six people on your team, you've got clients everywhere. What do you do to continue to fill up your cup and not operate from a place of an empty cup? I fill my cup with vodka. <laughs> well, that's the second part of the question. How do you keep from being an alcoholic? No, I'm just kidding. That's awesome. What, what vodka do you so, like? Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, focus, right. focus. Okay, we'll stay focused. We'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what was the question? How do you keep... <laughs> How do I fill my cup? Okay, um, so refocus. Um, I, I, I mean, it sounds like a broken record. Um, I think for me, I would have to tap into my background of human resources. So I have an 18 year background in human resources working in corporate America. Um, and, and that's just who I am, right? I'm a service oriented person. Um, so oftentimes what I do is I'll go meet with my sales rep partners and I'll just talk to them. Like if I'm feeling kind of deflated and maybe I haven't met my numbers, let me just go meet with you and have a conversation. How's your month going? How's your year going? What are your goals as the Weston sales rep or Toll Brothers or Highland or whomever? Let's have a conversation and let's talk about your goals. And then I actually get so involved in their goals um, and how I can be a part of their success that 
that just helps me to kind of distract from what I need to go back and focus on. So again, I think it's just being very genuine and extremely authentic um, on what can I do to help you. So I got a question. If, if that's what you do to fill your cup, are you passionate about helping people build? Yeah, like, absolutely. So yeah. basically what you're doing is you're going, hey, enough of my problems. I'm gonna do something I'm passionate about and I'm gonna right. go connect with somebody who's trying to build and it feeds us both. Yeah, and, and you know what? It just, um, it just, it honestly um, makes me happy. I like helping people. I like helping my agents. I call them all the time. What can I do? Was this of value? Was I helpful? Did I waste your time? And once I'm able to fill their bucket, it honestly totally fills my bucket so I'm able to go back and regroup and refocus on what I need to focus on. So you on. get energy off of that. I do. Yeah, I do. that's huge. Mm -hmm. No wonder you overcommit. I mean, I, I do the same thing, so that's why I'm so just kind of going down that road. Okay, so thank you. Uh, so Susan, same question. What do you do to fill your cup? This is such a perfect time of year to ask this because, you know, during the summertime, I'm going, 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 and so swamped, busy. And then all of a sudden fall hits and I'm a little bit slower and I'm like, oh, what, what's wrong? What, what am I doing wrong? But it's not that. It's just the time of year. And what I do is... I focus on myself and I focus on my fitness. I focus on sharpening my edge, taking more classes, mm -hmm. um, because just staying busy is going to, just getting out of bed every day and just, you know, energizing, doing something that you love doing. And um, another thing I do is I, I do a vision board every year. Every single year, uh, come January, I do a vision board. And I'm like, what are my goals for the year? and I hang it on my closet. And every morning when I look at that closet, I see what my goals are and I'm like, where am I? Where am I with those goals? How, what else do I need to do to achieve those goals? And I, I, I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. It's a visual, I ha I'm a visual person. And so having that visual in front of me all the time is a huge motivator. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you. I have a vision board in, in my bathroom, actually, I look at it every morning, yeah. too. So, mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. um, James, what do you do to fill your can? Well, I mean, the main thing is, I mean, I, it's like, as I was quoting people, Zig Ziglar actually said, have you ever seen it when times are tough, there's people that are making money hand over fist, but yet there's times where it's absolutely plentiful, everybody's killing it, yet there are people going broke. And at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to, yeah, there are tough times, but there's mindset. Even like when you had the housing bubble, there was an agent in my office that talked about this before. She actually switched over to short sales. She made a killing. The market was completely tanking, and she made a killing. I go, there's always a way to make money. There's always something you can do that you have to rethink it. And that's the other thing. It's like when we talked about multiple streams of revenue, Two of them might be tanking, but that one, the third one's taking off for you, and that's what's keeping you going, and that's the main thing. And so by having multiple, multiple ways to generate your leads and stuff like that, some stuff buoys the other stuff when it's low. And so that's the what you're trying to do to help to keep that balance. And when all three are, are up, you know, it's just then, then you're just never sleeping. Um, but the thing is, is there's so much to, to do in this industry, and there's so many different ways to make money that, you know, people kind of lose sight. Like, uh, I mean, I'm doing investment property now. I just started doing that. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let, let me ask you a question then. Yeah. Um, so somebody said, I want to learn how to prospect listings better. Yes. How do you do that? Well, I mean, that's a, a simple way to do that. Again, 
um, whenever you um, go on there, and it's like, like I said, when you're on LinkedIn, actually that's where I do get listings off of, stuff like that, you get it off of LinkedIn. Um, people will tell you door knocking doesn't work. It's because they don't want to go confront somebody in, at their doorstep. They'll, they'll go ahead and they'll do like, you know, the, the Vulcan or Red X or whatever, and they do phone calls. Why? Because that's easy. I can sit in the comfort of my house and call you and you hang up, and that form of rejection sucks, but it doesn't suck as bad as what you think is going to happen knocking on a door. Guess what? When you're face-to-face -face with somebody, they are way more cordial than they are on a phone. They will call you every name in the book on a phone because they are getting 50 calls a day. You know how many people show up and knock on their door? None. Nobody shows up. You're the only person that showed up. And they're like, you know what? Like, I've had 100 agents call me. I was like, I know. I don't call people. That's why I'm standing here. I saw you had your house on the market three years ago. Or I saw, you, know, you could go after if you're doing a cold one. Or if you're doing one that recently expired, which there is no, that they shouldn't expire. But when it does come back around on that, when you show up on that door and you say, I know, I don't want to be one of those people. I don't do that. I saw you and I, speci I specifically came here because I want to talk to you. What happened? So you show up. You show, show up, up, and that totally changes the dynamic. It and of does. course, there's some other rules on it. Objection handling, you need to learn how to do objection handling. You need to have, you know, so whenever they, you know, throw something, it's like, hey, are you still looking to sell your house? No. Okay, well, here's my card. Thank you so much. You know, that's what people do, and you're like, well, shit, that didn't work. And it's like, well, of course <laughs> it didn't work because you basically didn't uh, object to, their, to what they said. The key to it is you go, hey, are you still looking to sell your house? No. Oh, okay, well, did you have a change of heart or just a change of plans? Guess what? You put the cart back onto the path, and now it's rolling down the path again. So that's the main thing. How do you ask that? But the key to it is also to ask questions where the answer is not no. Right. That's so, the key. So, Susan, what about you? What, what do you do to prospect listings? What, how do you get listings? Well, again, sphere? My, my sphere. My sphere is my huge thing. It's, it's my, my number one. You don't like, you know, I can picture the kids on the train in your neighborhood, <laughs> and you're like, tell your mom. Tell your dad. <laughs> no? <laughs> your sphere. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I have, I have little tattoos that they put on their arms. Susan Hudson property. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all catch that? Tattoos. Your branding. Personal branding. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what about you, Candace? How, how do you get listings? What do you, how do you prospect listings? If you were to tell them how to do it, what would you say? Okay, okay. That's great. Um, I would, t I would tell you to farm a community is what I would do. Um, so it's interesting when I first started in real estate, I didn't want to touch a listing. I just didn't. I looked at the cost aspect of it and I wanted to work with buyers. I love showing homes. That was my passion. So what I did is, um, I strategically targeted a community that was new and it was up and coming. There were no sellers. Now that that community has been around for four to five years, well, guess what? All of those are my listings. So single-handedly, I think I've sold like close to 55 homes in this particular community. So I get listings from them, obviously, but then also when other people see my sign in the yard, then I get more listings based on that as well. So I would tell you to find a community and farm it, and I would tell you to be very consistent and be top of mind. Make friends with the developer of that community. Make friends with the HOA of that community. Let them know that you wanna host a party, you wanna sponsor a party. So now that I've done that, um, there's honestly so much business that I single-handedly can't handle it, and that's why I have the beautiful Houston Luxury Living team over here, raise your hand, raise your hand, ladies. So they now um, attend those events on my behalf 
because it's, it's, it's so much. So I would definitely encourage you to do that. So let's focus on that for a second because I think that's really good. So what you're doing is you're deliberately and systematically going and cultivating relationships in a specific area. And the way you're doing it is you're um, contributing to the vision of the leaders of that area. And so when you become a contributor to manifesting the vision of those people who are leading it, yes. then those leaders feel as, you're a, as if you're a partner with them Absolutely. in creating this thing that they're trying to create. Yes. And as a result of being a partner, you get introduced around, and mm -hmm. it's a multiplic multiplicative or a compound effect. Correct. And so it's not just onesies, twosies. It's... There's nothing better than a third-party introduction from somebody who is esteemed Absolutely. in the community or in a circle of influence, yes. right? Yeah. And so um, I actually learned that a long time ago from Networking with Millionaires, mm -hmm. which is, by the way, a great book, guys, Networking with Millionaires. Um, you're doing that. Yeah. And as a result, you have so many relationships that see you in high regard that now the referrals are coming in, the recommendations and the introductions are coming in. Yeah. So now you've had to duplicate yourself and create representatives that then communicate your brand consistently out into those circles. So that's huge, and you've done it. You've done it in how, when? When did you get licensed? Six, 20, 2015. So in six years. Yes. There's something to you want a multiplicative or a 10x effect or a compound effect. It's don't just go onesie twosie. Be deliberate about it, yeah. and focus on who has influence, and focus on what it is that makes them tick, and if you're in alignment with that, contribute to that. And then trust the process. That's right. Trust the process. Because yep. a lot of the reciprocity actually works, right? And the people who are, doing, who are typically leaders mm -hmm. understand that, yep. and they will reciprocate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that, a great partnership. The key is to have strategic partnerships. The key is to have strategic partnerships. That's huge. Right, Taylor? 100%. 100%. I'm looking at a lot of strategic partnerships right here. And uh, I'm going to take a 30-second, maybe 60-second timeout, special announcement. Well, hey, are y'all learning anything? Y'all learning anything? Give it up for these guys. Give it up for these guys. We're, we are about to segue to the Q&A section. So none of that shy stuff earlier. Okay, I was even, you know, bribing you with a book. And, you know, anyway, so uh, we, Chris is going to keep rolling with it. Just, you know, I'll, I'll pass, I'll help you pass the mic around. Or if you're allowed, you can just kind of sound off if you have a question. I don't think you'll scare anybody up here. But again, like I said a second ago, the best way to say thank you to the Cadillac Bar, stay and have lunch with us. The kitchen, the chefs, they're ready for us. They're ready to go. We're going to do a little different, okay? Because, you know, sometimes it's been a little slow. Today it's going to be very fast because people like things that are quick, especially me. Everybody, uh, instant gratification is a real thing. Anyway, so we got Jerry on the right. Go ahead, just start passing out the menus, the preset. They're good to go. Circle what you want. They're going to give you like a, a minute or two to fill these things out. And then they're going to come back and they're going to pick up the piece of paper with what you want to order. Have your card ready so that way they can have everything ready. As soon as we wrap this up at 1130, food is going to be hot and it's going to be served and it's going to be right here ready to go. Don't have to go anywhere. It's a piece of cake. So uh, that is it. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Pick it up with your paper. Just put your credit card with, you know, with a piece of paper. And Jerry and uh, Nemo are going to take care of you. And then we've got a couple people that will be picking them up. But that is it. So.
I appreciate it. Chris, back to you. Get your questions ready while you're figuring out what you're going to have for lunch. So. Okay, so guys, so it is about strategic partnerships. Everything is about strategic partnerships or, in other words, relationships. Um, first, your love relationships, kind of important, <laughs> right? And then your advocates, and then beyond that. We're going to, uh, as you wrap up deciding what you want to eat, um, we're going to talk about uh, questions that you might have. So be thinking about questions that you might have for this panel. If you want them to elaborate on a point they made, if you want to have a whole other question, we've, we're going to have another half hour of questions that are coming from you uh, in order to then continue the conversation so you can flesh out your notes, right? So let me just ask real quick, somebody, does, does somebody have uh, a menu for each of the panelists? You want chicken or beef? I'm sorry. <laughs> chicken? Chicken? Chicken or beef fajitas? Fajitas and enchiladas. And if you're on Facebook Live, it's time for you to maybe start thinking about lunch, but uh, you know, come to the event live next time. Okay, um, I'm gonna start, hey, Taylor, if it's okay, I'm gonna start fielding questions. So you got the mic ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. All right, guys, who has a question? Okay, right up here. Actually, you don't need the mic. You can do for that one back there. Um, I got go one over here. I got one over here. What's your question? Here you go. Um, my question is towards farming. If you have a neighborhood that you live in that you farm, and I want to farm, I want to be a part of it, but the turnover rate is like really low, what do you suggest? So is the, is the turnover rate low because there's no new construction or there is new construction? People just aren't moving? I think it has a part with it being a smaller community. There's like 213 houses. People just don't move very often. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Just it's um, like a 1%. <laughs> oh, wow. 2% okay. one, I know. So I would probably, so my strategy is to find new communities. Okay. Um, I like that. Yeah, to find new communities awesome. and to find, to partner with the sales reps, understand what their sales goals are, yeah. and help to find a buyer. Um, when I was looking for buyers for this particular community um, back in 2015, 2016, I actually did get a Zillow account. And strategically, I selected the zip code for that Zillow based on that community. It wasn't the zip code where I live. It was just a new community, and I wanted to partner with the sales reps. And, of course, sales reps say, hey, bring me buyers, bring me buyers. Well, I can try to bring you everyone in my sphere, but what can I do to dig a little deeper? So then that's when I created the Zillow and Realtor.com accounts, and I used both of those, and then I put those zip codes in. So whenever someone called me, they called about that community, and at least in that area and that zip code. Perfect. Um, do either one of you have anything you want to add to that, or are you good? Um, well, the, the neighborhood I farmed, it, it was in the neighborhood I lived in, like I, like I said. But um, I had lived there for like 10 years when, when I became a realtor. So I was really familiar with the area, and there was a lot of I, – I, I picked 
my neighborhood because there was a lot of turnaround. It was an entry level neighborhood in Cinco Ranch. So there's there are people that are moving up and moving out constantly. So the turnover rate is huge. So I looked at that before I even picked it out. Great. And I mean, yeah, as far as like I'm an engineer. So I mean, the key to it is, I mean, when you look at it is obviously using the MLS to identify the neighborhood properly. So you should be looking at basically doing the, just a subdivision search on that and then just doing a sold over the last 365 days and you need to know the number of houses versus what sold. And if you're not over 5%, it's not worth targeting. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. It's like just because you live there doesn't mean you necessarily should target it. Because Absolutely. Because it doesn't turn over. I mean, you've got to find a place that actually makes sense to hunt. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I have a question. Um, so what is the most impactful action that you took in your business this year? The most, most impactful impact. action that you took in your business this year? Great question. Great question that could throw somebody off, but lovely question. Anybody want to jump in? Mine would probably be strengthening um, my sponsorship with certain communities. So that's something that I did. Um, I made a concerted effort to say, hey, I want to be a sponsor for your movie night and when you're going to have um, a fireworks show, right, or a back-to-school pool party. Think of Next Home Elite Advisors and the Houston Luxury Living Team to be a sponsor. There you go. Double down, basically. I mean, I just basically have kept business as usual. I mean, trying to do that going through this, and that's like I said, you have different levels. Um, big thing that we're trying to do now is actually as a team, and it's like I'm still, you know, I don't have all the answers. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a complete, you know, it's, it's cats going everywhere. I'm trying to hurt them. Um, and, I mean, my team's out here today right there. I mean, they're great. Um, they're younger agents. They're coming up. And it's trying to implement and trying to teach them. And it's like, and it's me trying to transition from being, just a straight up agent going out there and hustling stuff versus trying to train them and trying to make sure and kept them fed and kept them keep them busy on stuff and then trying to put some type of structure in place and it's growing pains for myself. So it's, it is kind of a hiccup. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like from year four to year five, I'm in a stagnant type right here as far as production goes, but the process we're putting into place this year will help us to launch next year. And that's the main thing is just trying to get that structure in place that I'm lacking. And so, and that is one thing, like I said, when you're in a downtime, start analyzing what you're doing. And, um, you know, it's the whole thing. It's like sharpening the ax, like Susan was saying. Thank you. Any other question? Right here. Here you go. Mr. Siraj. Use the mic. There you go. Any suggestions on uh, how to market in gated communities where you're not allowed to put any signs? Any suggestions on how to market in communities where you're not allowed to put signs? Gated, gated communities. Can I take that question? Yes. Go for it. Uh, so there, there are a few things you can do to market in communities that aren't allowed to put signs that will actually put you head and shoulders above everybody else. Number one, you can... Uh, be in their mailbox. Um, by the way, guys, mailboxes are more valuable than they've been in a long, long time. Why? 
because so many people are going to digital advertising versus print. And so your message in a mailbox is becoming more valuable because mailbox is better real estate than digital real estate. People are being bombarded with digital real estate all the time. And so being in somebody, if you're targeting a, a specific neighborhood and there's no, there's no signs allowed, then people only have digital real estate to look at in regard to that neighborhood unless you're in their mailbox. So that's one thing. The second thing you can do, because you, you got to do cross-marketing, you can't just have one channel, and that channel be mail, right? The second thing you can do is find a way to do an open house in the neighborhood, and even though you can't put open house signs out, you can certainly knock the door. You're not soliciting, because you're inviting them to Bob and Sally's open house. It's not your open house. It's Bob and Sally, their neighbor's open house. You're just the messenger. Right. So then if you're in their mailbox all the time, plus you're knocking on the door and getting face to face with them without soliciting anything, but trying to contribute to the community. And th that's a second way. So cross marketing. Uh, the third way is to create digital real estate in regard to that community. You can create a Facebook page that has to do with that community. You can create a landing page that has to do with that community and and invite the residents to that landing page by putting a QR code on, on, on a postcard or something that ends up in their mailbox, putting the QR code on the invitation to the open house, all those different things drive people back to where you want them to land digitally from the real world. Does that, does that help? Okay. QR code is, a, is awesome. You know, like with, with, with the postcards, when, it, when I send out my postcards, I know who's looking on my website and you know, know that they're probably getting ready to list, so yeah. Bingo, QR codes are huge. And everybody's learning how to use them. Everyone, including, you know, my 90-year-old grandmother. Why? COVID. Simple. Everybody's trained to use it, so take advantage of that. Who else? Any more questions? Nope. Boom. <laughs> Everybody's going to make millions off of this right here. Um, so guys, I just want to say um, that these panelists were awesome, uh, continue to be awesome. Guys, let's give them a hand. And let's say thank you to Taylor and Houston Real Producers Magazine and their uh, partners for helping us put this thing on. It's huge. Thank you.